welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Lara Samara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. of Fishers and Men. We are in studio with our friends, Maggie Hart and Luke Cheeseman. I just wanted to introduce them or have them introduce themselves. Maggie, you want to go first? I would love to. Um, I am a writer-producer here in LA, and I mostly write romantic comedies, both episodic, I have a web series, and uh, features as well. Awesome. My name is Luke Cheeseman. I'm a published author and Expert on dating. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, also a film person. I moved out to L.A. to get into filmmaking. I'm a screenwriter as well, so we'll be talking a little bit about that. So been out here since 2007. Awesome. Cool. So uh, we have them on the podcast today because we just wanted to talk about male and female perspectives on dating, specifically within the church or whatever experience they have brought to the, they can bring to the table on that. And uh, what's unique about them is that they actually have projects that have to do with dating, such as Mary Ashley and herself. Uh, this podcast was birthed out of a idea to do a web series on dating, and now we have Fishers in the podcast. So, can you tell us a little bit about what your experience has been in dating, specifically within the church, or not? Whatever <laughs> that looks like to you. Um, oh, I got nothing to say you got about nothing? that. Just kidding. You go first, though. <laughs> yeah, I have a wide range of experience having dated and relationships um, inside and outside of the church. Are you currently um, single? I'm in a relationship right now. So, I mean, I could go on for... I could tell stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up in the church, and so I've been dating, like, guys from my youth group or guys in the church, you know, I started dating like 10 years ago. So that's kind of my experience throughout this whole process. But at Upcoming Project, the web series, I just wrapped a web series, so it's not available yet, but it's called The Romantic Method. Um, And it's basically about a girl who is looking at dating and modern dating and just fed up with it, kind of sick of it. And she decides that she's going to take emotions out of it and just find the one based off of logic and (laughs) logically assessing and so taking the scientific method approach um, and figuring the best way to do that is sort of creating this app to assess guys and say like here's the numeric rating for all the guys and trying to find her soulmate through that so it's a romantic procedural it's like each episode is her going out with a new guy um, and each episode kind of gives a different take on um, perspective of uh, going out with various types of guys and um, a commentary on dating in our culture. Well, first of all, like as, as much as you are comfortable, like you said, you started dating ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had many serious boyfriends? Are they more of just like I date people for a while, mm-hmm. guys for a while, and then like what can you speak to on that? Just so we get a little bit, to, we can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, totally. I've had. Uh, multiple serious relationships. Um, I, when I was like 18 or 19, I thought I was going to get married and dating this like awesome Christian guy that didn't work out. And I had been also in film school. So I started dating guys kind of outside of the church as well. So various 
uh, relationships through there. I guess you could call me a serial monogamist because mm-hmm. I like was often in various relationships for um, various periods of time. Some guys I would date for a couple months. Uh, one guy I dated for three years, and and then for the last few years I've been single up until this uh, new relationship that I'm in now. That's absolutely wonderful. So, mm. uh, in in your experience, and I'll get to you in a second, Luke, mm. Maggie. What is your perspective on what the difference is between male and females when it comes to dating? Because I do want to get into your project as well, Lou, because it takes a very, like, male mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. But, uh, and yours too, it's like hilarious, the romantic method, I love that. Thanks. But yeah, what what do you think? Just, there's no right or wrong answer necessarily, just your opinion, but what is the difference between men, males and females when it comes to dating? I was thinking a lot about this, and I think, I mean, honestly, you just have such a wide spectrum of people, and, and there are certain differences between men and women, obviously, I know you guys have talked about it before, But I think dating is very personal, and you can't really generalize it for men or for women. Um, I think there's some societal norms that come up, like women are more romantic, and they want to be swept off their feet, and guys are just looking for sex or something like that. But that, Mm. I don't, I disagree with those. And I think there's just as many romantic guys who want to sweep women off their feet as there are girls who might be looking for something more casual or something like that. So I honestly think, I was trying to think of if there's something innate in a man or in a woman that gives them perspectives on dating. Um, but I honestly think it's just a level of personal maturity for a man or for a woman. Um, I know that doesn't particularly answer your question, but I think it's, you know, what, where are you in your life? What are you looking for? Are you looking for someone to marry? Are you looking for just to casually date? Um, and you find men and women in all spectrums of, of those categories. So, so, in writing romantic comedies, do you use a lot of the traditional themes that are found in romantic comedies? Or do you put kind of your own spin on it? Or can you, can you comment on that? Yeah, um... Well, I should say I write romantic comedies because I hate romantic comedies. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I started. As um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that like, growing up and watching, like you said, the traditional themes of like romantic comedies slash fairy tales of like, right. you know, one day my prince will come and like that type of thing has created a lot of terrible expectations for men and for women. And so me looking at romantic comedies like I the first romantic comedy I wrote was I wanted to write something that I would enjoy watching that was showing something realistic um and usually it's just I wanted to explore some topic of love so I wrote a a feature um that was basically me asking myself is love fate or is it a choice like how does like how much of that plays into romance and taking a very realistic look at that and kind of exploring that through the topic and in a very realistic way that's not like these two were meant to be together and everything's sunshine and flowers but like um you know love is beautiful and but it's also hard work and you have to choose to love each other even though you might not feel that or you might not feel um like fated to be that way um just as an example that's a theme that comes up a lot in Mm -hmm. romantic comedies where it's just like oh they were meant to be together Mm -hmm. and they're and also they, like, like, meet, and it's kind of an instant... Well, right. a lot of times they hate each other, and then 
stuff happens, and then they... She pop. hates him until... <laughs> until... Yeah, he it, it, off until he she, kind yeah. of acts crazy and then wins her over, and then all of a sudden it's, like, instant love. Uh-huh. Don't get me started on, like, analyzing romantic comedies, but, like, as an example, <laughs> like, like uh, Serendipity. Yeah. I always wanted to make a sequel to that where it's, like, you actually don't know anything about each other. Like, yeah. This yeah. whole movie, like, he leaves his fiance, Yeah. And, or they leave their respective, like, people that they've built relationships with, and I'm, like, you don't no, technically know about, their last name. Like, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff yeah. I love to kind of put that on its head. And, yeah, and which I think that's that. really interesting yeah. and very needed. Yeah, I will produce that for you. Fantastic. <sighs> Let's, Let's do it. it. Let's do it. Totally. Yeah, I actually someone commented on our our blog one of our episodes because we did an episode on porn and someone left a comment saying that there were studies that showed that romantic comedies have the same effect on women's brains. I that porn agree. has on men's brains mm-hmm. in, in terms of creating a fantasy and expectations. Well, just like as an example, like the my boyfriend now, I met him online, and there was part of me that was like, but weren't we supposed to like meet cute like somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know? And and there's just these expectations just in the back of your mind, like I want that like romance, and it's like I think it's damaging to people who. Um, you know, like, I met my boyfriend online, but we, it's, like, the best relationship that I've ever had, and I would hate to have missed out on that just because I was, like, waiting for some sort of yeah. magical, Standing once in the grocery a time store moment, and, yeah. <laughs> or at the bank, and, uh-huh. or you, you lose your ago? shoe. Uh, a couple months ago. That's interesting, because, I mean, we're in, like, the same circles of, like, I knew him. Yeah, it was funny. I'm the reason that he came to LA. (laughs) No, I'm not the reason. I hired him as my intern. Super hilarious that like we met online, yet we know all the same people. (laughs) Like definitely interesting. Is it fate? I don't know. your project i really adore your project you've been working on it for a while now with yeah. um our other friend jim yeah jim fry I, jim fry i will have you just explain it because i think it's a fun project and i want to produce it too <laughs> yeah so my project is called bad boy up it's a project that we had the idea for uh, a few years ago i just you know like was in different situations where i'd end up in the friend zone or just i don't know just seeing different ways like girls were around guys and when guys seemed to like not care kind of had kind of that like douchebag kind of quality sometimes like women were drawn to that and i just thought it was kind of interesting and one day i think i just had like chipotle or something me and jim were walking in the car and i saw these guys with like tank tops long hair and all that just like i'm like oh i bet those are the type of guys that get all the girls or something and then like jim was like driving and just like yeah man i gotta tell you we got we got a bad boy up (laughs) <laughs> and he said those words, and it was like this epiphany in my head, like, that would be a funny movie about, like, two friends trying to, the nice guys that always end up in the friend zone, or they're just bad talking with women, period. They decide to kind of, like, change who they are, take on the bad boy persona. So, yeah, we've been working on that a while. So it's, yeah, just basically the kind of the perspective of girls being drawn to the bad boys and guys kind of trying to change who they are. And then the story pretty much goes like full circle by the end. You know, it's more about, you know, being true to who you are, being confident, different things. It's not really, there are aspects that are kind of good about the bad boy personality, not as far as they kind of have a carefreeness and kind of, you know, they're not as worried what other people think. And I think that 
girls seem to like read read that with people like if there's insecurities which is you know like it's not like the romantic comedies where a lot of times like oh the nerdy guy is getting like well just take off your glasses yeah Yeah. (laughs) well like a lot of times guys can be all like fumbling on their words and all that and then it seems like in real life like if guys a lot of times show like insecurity or they're like fumbling on their words then they're kind of like oh he's not confident he's out you know where movies always kind of show like the nerdy kid somehow getting even though he can hardly even talk to her and girls being drawn to that but well, and to there everywhere you see in movies and TV, it's like the nerdy, unattractive man with like a super attractive yeah. girlfriend or wife, just because of the way things are. <laughs> just because of the way the media is and like yeah. standards and stuff like that. So that doesn't really help either. And five hundred days of summer keeps running through my head. Like yeah, that's the nice definitely guy. a big inspiration. Yeah. Like that's like one of because I'm. I'm kind of like a Tom, like Tom's like a character because I've like always like really wanted to like fall hard for someone and be like, but then a lot of times it seems like if I'm drawn to a girl, it's been more the, it's kind of like, they don't seem like to be into me or whatever. And then for some reason, like, I don't know, just, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much like a Tom. So that's kind of my, my Valentine's Day movie type thing, that and some whiskey. <laughs> nice. So I want to ask you the same question I asked uh, Maggie, and I want to go through this list of ba- being a bad boy. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the difference between men and women when it comes to dating? Uh, I love that you you love 500 Days of Summer, because yeah. that is very much like the male perspective mm-hmm. of dating, at least for Tom, that's like, oh, the nice guy, and like he feels like he's actually the type of guy that girls want, but then he doesn't end up with the girl. So, yeah. um, so what do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think there's like a one way kind of thing. People are different, you know? So like some guys like to be pursued or some, or like, I, I don't know, like it can go so many different ways. I mean, traditionally, like as a guy, like I like to do more of the pursuing, like, I don't mind, like if I know like a girl's interested and all that, like I, I think proximity is kind of key with girls, like, if you're trying to get a guy's attention, just kind of be around them, be engaged, don't feel like there's nothing to talk about after five minutes, you know, or just, I don't know. I'm not an expert. That's part of the reason. No, but the thing is, you are 50% of the demographic of, like, just the everyday guy that is also looking for love, and you have your own perspective. Each of everybody that we interview has their own story. But yeah, like let's go through this list. So you made a list of what it takes to be a bad boy. Let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah, this is our list as of now. It could change. Did a little bit of research, and then me and Jim kind of narrowed it down to just six things that we thought would be kind of fun. By research, do you mean like you started treating women really badly? No, no. <laughs> this, online, <laughs> online. I had to look online because because I'm the nice guy that you know doesn't really know how to be a bad boy. So I had to research how to be a bad boy. So, yeah, the list is six steps. So the first one's always be late, which mm-hmm. is very bad boy. Yeah. And then the second, smirk, don't smile. Number three is make her buy you things. Number four, <laughs> never apologize. Number five, don't take crap from anyone. And number six is never under any circumstances do you ever, ever dance. No <laughs> dancing if you're a bad boy. And again, these may change, but these are just some fun things that we're currently like putting in our script and everything. So, 
I have some to yeah. add. And yes, we'd love to hear your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like for all three of us women in the room, yeah. what would you add to this list? Yes. I would say make promises without falling through. Use women for things. Sex or otherwise. Sex yes. or otherwise. I need to write these sex, down. Sex or material things or money or, you know, all of the above. What I, else? I was at never meet her friends or oh family. or like never to... or never ask you to meet his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um start a relationship while you're already in another relationship <laughs> or be unclear about what you're looking for. Yes. Well, I think it's more about like just having multiple relationships in general and like not and, be, and being unclear about it. Yeah. Never state your intentions. Yeah, never, never state your intentions. Never state your intentions. Yeah. I think this a lot of these are falling into your broad category of just like being carefree. Like I don't yeah. care, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, my compassionate the compassionate part of me is like, well, that's coming from a place that they're broken, you know, they're very insecure about something and it doesn't make it all all right, of course, but you know, Christians in the room, we, we want to be forgiving and understanding, but it still sucks. Men do not do these things. <laughs> do not. <laughs> okay, so getting into men and women's perspectives, specifically, how about within just the church or just for Christians in general? Because you can talk about the world and, like, the bad boy, obviously, is the guy that sleeps around or, you know has multiple one-night stands or relationships and people may or may not know about him or whatever. How does this play into the Christian world? Because I'm sure it does to some degree. Maybe not to the same extremes, but how... Yeah, I think you find bad boys everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, totally. like a bad boy could also just be a guy who doesn't respect you or doesn't yeah. treat you well. Like, I think the obvious bad boy is the one who has two other girlfriends or something like that. But then there's also... I mean, I, how are you defining bad boys? Kind of just like the 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 guy who doesn't treat a girl well, doesn't respect her, but somehow you know, gets like, all the women. Because like the nice guy's like, I should be with that girl instead of this mm-hmm. bad boy because I would I would, love, bl- I would love her better her. or yeah. something like that, right? I mean, our, yeah, our bad boy is just kind of classical, like the. I mean, it may be a little too cliche at the moment. We may need to change it. You know, kind of like the motorcycle riding, leather coat. Doesn't really take crap from the fifties. From the fifties, <laughs> yeah. it's James Dean. No, it's basically, no. It, the he's the misunderstood youth, though. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like when we were kind of putting together the pitch and stuff, I mean, we love the movie like Twenty One Jump Street and all that. So we kind of like, and I love Five Hundred Days of Summer. So mm-hmm. the main character, well, one of the main characters is kind of like you know like the Tom from Five Hundred Days of Summer. His name is Jonathan, and our other character's name is Nick who's also kind of like more the nerdy Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill kind of plays a couple characters. He's the loudmouth kind of barking type character or the kind of like nerdy guy that he was kind of like in Accepted and all that. So kind of more of that character. And then we were kind of like looking at like a Channing Tatum type person that kind of has this like bad boy vibe. But of course, he, in most of his movies, he's pretty nice. But we'd, we'd bad boy him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, well, then you, you think of, like, ten things I hate about you, right? Like, Heath mm-hmm. Ledger mm-hmm. is the bad boy no one wanted to talk to. He was scary. But then in the end, you found out, like, he was just this big teddy bear in, like at the core yeah. of, you know, who he was. Um, but I speaking to, like, women that are attracted to the quote-unquote bad guy, bad boy, sorry, um, I think a lot of that is also our n- want to fix people, 
Mm. Um, like that nurturing. Yeah, it's like misplaced maternal instinct a little bit. I think, I think so. Like, I can yes. help you. I'll fix you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and of course that's not our problem. That's not our duty to fix anybody. But I can definitely speak from that place. You know, it's like, oh, you you were such a, you know, you are a bad boy, but like I can make you different. Like mm. my yeah. And the thing I think there's also something about um, when someone is giving you attention and they seem a little bit too eager. There there's something that's really off-putting about that because lots of issues and questions can come up, especially if you don't feel good about yourself. And I think uh, lots of times bad boys are attracting the women that are a little bit more insecure about themselves because, like, they come in and they give you this awesome attention and then usually they, like, withdraw or, like, treat you like crap or whatever, but it's, like, that attention that gets kind of addictive. And if somebody's being really nice and overly attentive a little bit, then you're like, oh, why do they like me so much? Like, what's wrong with them? You know, if mm-hmm. especially if we feel like there's something within us that they shouldn't be liking so much. Yeah. And so it's like, in a way, the bad boy's behavior is kind of if, treating you the way that you internally feel about yourself. Mm. It's interesting because they do give off this air like... Uh, I don't quite have time for you. Like, yeah. I'll let you go on a date with me. Yeah. Know, if you... Oh, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're welcome. And it gives you this, uh, like, identity complex kind of thing. Like, oh, he, he wants to go out with me. How exciting. And then, like, just like you were saying, it's it's more about your own confidence than, say, you know, a quote-unquote nice guy who's... Always available. Be, yeah, always available. <laughs> which is... Which shouldn't be a bad thing. Which is so sad. I know. It's so sad. Yeah, my friend, uh, someone I used to date, my friend used to say, it's like you're just letting, you're just like taking his scraps, the scraps yeah. that he gives you because yeah. you're just so eager to want love from him. Right. And, and it seems more precious because he wasn't just giving it to yeah. you. You know, it seemed like mm-hmm. it was more rare and valuable. And so there's something about that, like scarcity, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like he gives you just like a tiny piece and you just want more. Yeah, which is completely effed up, of course. Yeah, totally. <laughs> My goodness. But, you know, it, there's the bad boy and then there's the narcissist, and I have mm-hmm. been with both, and they're not exactly the same. Actually, the narcissist had at one point kind of alluded, like, do you think I'm kind of a bad boy? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a difference. Yeah. But uh, also the bad boy that I'm talking about, he he was more of the bad boy that was actually the romantic and was actually like when you were in the room with him, he made you feel like you yeah. were the only one and that mm-hmm. he was maybe genuinely trying to get to know you. But I think even in that scenario, Maggie, I love what you said about just realizing we are all in different places in our journey, you know, mm-hmm. and as much as those journeys sucked, it's like you do at least I would hope for people to want good things for other people. Like even for them, as much as I've been hurt, like I still want them to find that peace or that mm. joy, yeah. you know, that really comes from, you know, God or whatever or whatnot. And uh, to really come to terms with their own maturity and their own rootedness. And, you know, I think they were just both not in a place to have a committed relationship. And either there was something you know, they still needed to work on with themselves or whatever. And I, I want to recognize that, too. I mean, of course, there's plenty of things that you could say about them, about any exes, you know, in your life or people that have hurt you. But we also have to come to terms that they are going through their own thing. 
Well, I think it's amazing how much of sort of the things that we find wrong with dating come from these places of hurt, Mm -hmm. like people treating a person a certain way or anything like that based on wounds that you have, maybe from past relationships or like whatever home you grew up in or like your parents or all that kind of stuff. It all feeds into the way that you treat people. And I think that's a great point is like even people who have hurt you in the past have probably been hurt in some way. And like going with the the bad boy thing, there was a point where I was attracted to bad guys because I had dated a couple really nice like Christian guy. I was like, oh, there's a nice like Christian guy. And we were like talking about like marriage and that type of stuff. And I was like, oh, he's courting me so properly, you know, Mm -hmm. like and then he turned out to not be so nice. Yeah. And I was like, you know, he seems so nice is going to be written on my tombstone. (laughs) These guys. And there was a certain point where I was like, I'm just going to go for the bad guy because I know what I'm getting. Like, I'm not going to be surprised. Ouch. You know what I mean? Like, um, Mm. and it's certainly from a place of hurt. It's certainly like, you know, are you, there's, there's a point where a nice guy, you're like, oh, he's too nice. Mm -hmm. Like, what's wrong with him? And you're immediately like, I don't, you know, you you put a guard up. to scare girls away. Why is that? It's, I mean... (laughs) And it's, it's a, like it's the a, earnestness. Yeah, it's like how genuine can you be? Like, because you what are you hiding? Yeah, because exactly, you know, we yeah. our experience is not with people that are actually genuine in their mm-hmm. niceness. niceness. So it's yeah. like, yeah, and then right. yeah, with bad boys, you can just like lower your expectations enough that they get met. <laughs> exactly, you're just like, and it's just awful. A place of loneliness too. It's yeah. like I, you know, you're. I'd like to be with someone, and you know, I don't, and I, I know what I'm getting. You know, I know that it's not, and that's more like. You obviously, that's probably a relationship that wouldn't go anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. depending on, like you said, we're all on our journeys, but... Yeah. Um, this might have related uh, a few more, a few minutes ago more so than where the conversation went, but I wanted to bring up, I was listening to Tim Keller had a sermon this last week, and I was listening to it, and he said something like, uh, a majority of our pain has, to, has come from our, has a direct correlation to our disobedience to God. And maybe that's a little deep in, like, a little extreme, but I feel like it does pertain to this whole thing about dating and like dating the wrong person and like, and knowingly, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you, this person, um, cause I've been through that Christian or not. It's just like, you know, something's wrong. There's, there was red flags, but somehow you're letting yourself do that. And, and maybe not in direct disobedience to God, but knowing that you're not fully in it. Cause you do know that there's something keeping you belt held back and that's not loving, not mm-hmm. to you and not to that person that you're with. So a lot of the times, I hate to say it, it's like all the suffering, not all of it, but a lot of it is because I've just my own stupidity or unwise choices, you know, or it's like your friends know you the best. And I've, you know, have had friends that have seen the red flags and I was just too blind because I wanted it to work or, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted it to get better or I had this like dumb hope. Hope is not dumb. I was dumb. But anyway, I was putting hope in the wrong things. Mm. But, yeah. It seems like when you like somebody, all logic just goes away. Like, mm-hmm. even though, like, you think, oh, I have it together, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like, you can, like, hardly talk, and then I feel like I turn into, like, Clark Kent or something. Like, I like Clark Kent. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with Clark Kent? Well, you know, like, he's Superman, but then he, like, stumbles around and all that oh, when he yes. has, like, the glasses on, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's kind of clumsy and kind of yeah. awkward <laughs> around people. And... Well, I always feel super awkward. Like no matter what, just in general, <laughs> just, just in general, but especially talking to guys I like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like it's just weird how something just like comes over you, and all of a sudden you're just like, why am I acting like this? I'm yeah. acting so weird. Right. I'm like not myself. Yeah. 
I think that's this is an episode that's going to come, um, but like just red flags about people or people you're dating. Um, one of them is, uh, or one of the things I wanted to talk about is just like really listen or speak to your friends that are around you because you're they're going to see something that you're not seeing, mm-hmm. and you know the red flags. And like, they will even be able to see if you're not being yourself around a person. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or if you change in some way, mm-hmm. that's what. And that's it. It's like red flags are usually there at the start of a relationship, and you just kind of ignore them or, like, just kind of push through or something. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like your friends will tell you. And if there's ever anything you're afraid to tell your friends about a guy, mm-hmm. that's also a red flag. If you know you're not being completely honest with your friends or your family, it's like that is a really good telltale too. Because yeah, if you are hiding things. Mm-hmm. It, there's this thing about like intentionality and um, being genuine. You know, those two things go hand to hand. Transparency. Mm-hmm. Transparency. Just such a Christianese word to say. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I just want to be transparent with you. <laughs> but, but it's true. It comes from something. Awesome. I I really appreciate you guys coming and speaking to us about your projects. Is there any anything else that? Um, you want to comment on either with regards to your own projects or just in this topic in general, male perspectives, female perspectives. What do you want, let's say, both like men and women to walk away viewing your projects um, or thinking about? Specifically for my project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mine is it's very she's assessing these guys um and sort of dismissing them very quickly. Like, each episode, there's a new guy, and she basically finds something wrong with him and moves on. And the whole first season is basically, one, to say, I think we're a very impatient society. And oh, yeah. take time to get to know people. And just because you see maybe, you know, there's a difference between a red flag and just something that might not be ideal for you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, like, for, for me, actually investing in people, like, a lot of people don't take time to even meet or talk or invest anymore. And um, whether it's coming from a place of, of hurt, like, oh, if I invest in this person, maybe they'll hurt me back. Or, you know, you know, just, like, get out there. And and then the other thing, too, is the idea of, like, logic versus emotion was, like, big a big theme in mind because, uh, like, a lot of times I write just to wrap my head around whatever my heart is feeling. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting... It's like you want to be wise, but you also don't want to uh shut your heart down of like the things that you're feeling or you know possibilities yeah by the time this uh, episode airs we would have already aired our a couple of episodes that talk about this mm. just kind of like the fine line between making decisions uh with your intelligence with your intellect mm. uh versus with your heart mm-hmm. and and your emotions yeah and, and how how much of a role emotions play in choosing someone and how you shouldn't really let them drive and and let your emotions make the decision because your emotions can change like from minute to minute. Yeah, the Bible talks about uh, the heart being deceitful above all things, yeah. right? And love has just been misconstrued in our society, you know, especially with the advent of film and TV and all those things and romantic comedies, etc. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the end, like, the Bible talks about love in in the end being something of the will, of your mm-hmm. choice. And if you're going to love somebody, it's like family. It's like, you may not like them very much, but you're going to love them. You're going to protect them. You're going to do what you can to uh, 
to love on them and make sure that they're okay to the best of your ability, you know, and if I'm just tired of you as my romantic partner in life, you know, we have so many divorces happening. Again, not dismissing any of the hurt or, you know, like legitimate reasons why people do separate, but I think that there's something to be said about lately that being such a high spike in our society now because of what you said, you know, like sometimes people, um, you know, within the first five years, it's like, it's, if you got to make it for the first five years and if you don't divorce, like that's making it more than a lot of other people, which is like, what, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what is going on? Um, but at the same time, you can't shut yourself down and say, like, I'm going to make this purely intellectual decision. Absolutely not. Right. Because then you're going to be really miserable <laughs> if, you're, you're not, if you marry yeah. someone that you're not attracted to or, you know, that you don't have a gut feeling about or yeah. any sort of feelings for, but they're perfect on paper. Yeah, I would love to do an episode of Arranged Marriages because mm, I think currently, um, even today, I think it is probably still the number one method of how people get married around the world Mm -hmm. around the world (laughs) and there's less but there's no divorce well it's different culture different rules yeah there's a lot of factors yeah you're like you're stuck and like whatever to to (laughs) us it's terrifying because i think we're so focused on like we have to find that particular right person right it's a privilege it's also like a luxury for us to be able to do that Mm -hmm. but i love aziz ansari and he talks about his parents and how like wonderful their relationship is and he he talks about them having a uh, arranged marriage and it's it's great mm-hmm. um but yeah there's a fine line you know uh luke what can we oh. g- gain from the male perspective in this in this conversation yeah i think with our script i mean we we're talking about projects and sure. stuff yeah, yeah, i yeah, think yeah. like the overall message we want to kind of convey is i mean like in the in the story um the two guys you know try to become something different you know than what they are you know i mean they do learn some from the process and we even have it where the bad boy at the end needs their help to almost nice guy up a little bit to win the girl that he wants cuz he was too much of a bad boy for her mm-hmm. so but the overall yeah theme and lesson is just be who you are like i mean I know, like, there there may be some things that you need to change if it's a bad quality, but for the most part, like, don't change who you are for somebody, you know, just to, like, win them over or whatever. Like, you'll find somebody who will like you for you, and then at, just in, like, my own life, it feels like I'm at a place, like, if someone doesn't like me for who I am, then that's fine. Someone else will, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's good. I think, mm-hmm. you know... Just, yeah, keep your head up, keep pressing on, you'll find somebody that'll appreciate you for you, and... It'll be awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Luke and Maggie, for joining us for this episode of Fishers of Men. See you uh, on the other side of the screen. Hopefully. Where can we find your? Do, do you all have websites? Um, yeah. So our the website or the web series hasn't aired yet. Um, so right now we just have our Facebook page. So you can get updates on. We're going to be posting trailers and stuff soon. So and it's, it's uh, called again the, the Romantic Method. Clever title. Thank you. Love it. And I know you are shopping yours around. You're you, yeah. you and your manager are working on things. And yeah, we're kind of we're currently kind of restructuring the story. We showed our manager like the first act and kind of outlined for it, and he gave us some good uh, feedback and everything. So we're kind of redoing a little bit of some things. But yeah, we're hoping to get it done soon and get it out there, shop it around. Like it seems like people have really jumped on the idea. Like whenever we talk mm-hmm. to people about it, they're like, oh, that's really cool. And they seemed excited. Like our friend Heather actually has like, we made like a 
fake poster for our pitch mm-hmm. and everything and she has it like some of the like the fake advertising I made for it like hanging up in her place. I know, I remember. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I just found like as a nice guy, like we're talking about how girls get scared if a guy's like I'm all in and like mm-hmm. super eager or kind of like I've been that and like a puppy just like following a girl <laughs> doing whatever, but I feel the best kind of technique in flirting if you're a guy's poker face. Because, like, if you show a girl all your cards, like, immediately, like, I'm in and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like they don't... But if you kind of have a kind of, like, talking and kind of almost have this kind of, like, you're kind of bluffing, but you're not. But if the uh, kind of... When you're flirting, you probably don't want to use this, but... I think some guys get over uh, excited too. Like, mm-hmm. if you're on a first date with a guy and he says, like, I'm, you know extreme example that he loves you or something like that or even a guy who's like Ted Mosby Ted Mosby Um, but there's something about even after going on a few days with a guy where if he's kind of saying all of these things you know if he's like oh you're you know he's like "I I think you're the one for me or something like that it's like he you haven't spent enough time with him to earn that like Mm -hmm. guys who are all in without sometimes sometimes they get offended when you're like I don't I'm a little reserved about you telling me these things or you know saying you're all in not because you know it's just i don't know you yet mm-hmm. you know what i mean well it's more about him also like well what kind of judgment are you saying like yeah i'm a great girl but i don't know you and i don't know what kind of and you don't know thought me. and yeah and you don't know me so mm-hmm. you being that earnest right away Am I just anybody to you? You know, like it's. Do you it's, say this to everybody? Yeah, it's just yeah. like, is it me or is it like I just desperately want a girlfriend right now and I'm mm-hmm. gonna show mm-hmm. the de- devotion that girls I know want? And I'm like, no, that's not it either. So, but what were you saying? But I, yeah, I think girls like if you have a little bit of mystery to, and don't just kind of like say everything at once, where they kind of want to like draw stuff from you too, because yeah. you're just kind of bleh, and you like put it all out there, show all your cards at once, like it's not as interesting, but if you have a little kind of mystery or a little kind of like, like, oh, he's interesting, or what's he, I don't know. Like, I feel, well, that's well. a bad boy thing too, we were just saying, like yeah. a guy doesn't show you their full intention, but I think there's yeah. like a fine line. Yeah, well, I think, yeah. yeah so that's an interesting question, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that's an interesting question, it's like, how can the quote-unquote nice guys, which nice sh- should be defined, um, the, how, how, what can the nice guys adopt from the bad boys without being actual jerks? Say it one more time. I don't know if they can adopt anything from the bad boys. Like, I wouldn't want a nice guy to pick up anything. I mean, there is that air of mystery that girls like. Girls want to find out. Confidence. 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 It's confidence, yes. and you know, I found with like myself, like the more carefree I seem, like I don't care what anybody else thinks. Like, I feel like women have been more drawn to me, like versus kind of being shy and polite and nice. But if I'm my personality's big and I'm kind of like just being, hmm. just do you think that's true for a, women too? Um, what do you mean? Like, is it better to be carefree than to be reserved and shy and polite? Well, I want to ask Luke about the fun, bad girl. Know? What what does that look like? Yeah, because oh, that's kind of girl. what you're alluding to, right, Mary Ashley? Kind of like what is the bad girl version? Uh, should we Greece. be aloof? Should we? Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't even. That could be an entire episode of how I loathe how that movie ended, but that's fine. It's so terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like when I was like in high school and stuff, like I'd have dates set with girls, and they totally like would blow me off completely. Like, ah, 
not again. And this is like the little like songs I'd write like back when I was like in high school or something Aww. like the little emo songs. I it's my life has been weird. Like I feel almost like two characters in a John Hughes movie. I feel like <laughs> I'm the nerdy guy that's always like, oh, I wish, you know, like looking at the girl and then. At times, too, I feel like I've been kind of like the jock guy that girls have liked. So it's, like, been this weird... My life's been a, a teeter-totter. I've never, like, centered out where, like, I've mutually, like, found something with somebody. It seems like either mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I really like this girl or someone else likes me. Like, it's hard to, like, That's meet how in the middle, That's how my life you know? has been, too. And it's so weird because either it's, it, it's, like, my life is constantly either I'm being friend-zoned or I'm friend-zoning someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, but about it's about timing. <laughs> well, yes, let's talk about that. But I, it is about the timing, right? It mm -hmm. is about just again, like you and said, maturity, maturity is mm -hmm. everything you said, Maggie. So timing. Well, and the big. idea. I mean, I, I don't particularly believe in in like the idea of one soulmate. Like, there's only one person for everybody. But I do think there's people suit, better suited for each other, and and. You know, like you said, do guys like more quiet or reserved girls? It's like some guys probably do. And Luke, I think you said it perfectly. It's like if a girl doesn't like you, then you move on. Yeah, move on. You know, because mm -hmm. you're going to find somebody who's perfectly fit to who yep. you are. So it kind of goes across the board. But I also have another tip that I'm putting myself out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, back like a long time ago, like when I was like, I was seeing like a counselor and all that, like, years ago but i was talking to a he's a good christian guy and he encouraged me you should start a prayer journal for your wife or mm. something so it's something mm -hmm. i've like tried to do like where i'll just mm -hmm. pray for her and then i've been just keeping these you know one day i'll I give her that. these journals I've, so I've done that too. and i've told it to some friends before i don't think they've ever done it but i just encourage anybody listening to like i mean with your frust and i even like put frustrations in there like half yeah. the time i'm like venting to god about stuff yeah, but it it's kind of Sorry. It keeps it active and kind of gives because most of the time, I mean, like it's such like a cycle of things. Like sometimes you get down, like it's never going to happen. But it kind of gives you, makes you be hopeful, even if you don't necessarily believe it will happen. You know, like constantly praying for this person kind of makes it seem like you're kind of pushing towards something. It keeps you in a good perspective. Yeah. yeah, and the thing. So I started doing that in 2008 when I felt like God was calling me to do that, and nice. I realized that more often what would come out were like my own fears and like I I was in the process of praying for my future husband and praying for what we will hopefully will <laughs> or might <laughs> if it was if he exists um what we would build together um it really helped me to define like what it is that I want and what are my goals and my desires and what scares me about marriage and you know because in praying for him just a lot of all of that emotional stuff came up for me that I don't think I would have really been able to uncover in that same way and or take to God in that same way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was that's been really helpful for that, and and also and you're right. Appreciate it one day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, I don't know. That's why <laughs> I, I say if he exists. Well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's making us be hopeful. Yeah, and that's right. true, and it makes you feel connected to a person, even. You it's know. been a little more venting recently, though. So like, she's gonna like skip this one, skip this one. <laughs> oh yeah. That's or like too. what I do, like sometimes when you don't even like know how to pray, like I'll just selfishly kind of pray for my and then say we or like, kind of like <laughs> pray for like similar things you know just to kind of i don't know it's it's different yeah 
Uh, this verse came to mind. I might have already said it on the podcast before, but it's on my mirror. Um, but it's about hope, and I just love it. So I, w- I just want to read it, because I can do that. Romans 5, 2 starts there. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I love this verse, or this particular part where it says that hope does not put us to shame. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say that to anybody that is finding it hard to hope for that person that they're waiting for or whatever it is that they're hoping for, whether it's a person or career or anything, you know, hope does not put us to shame and it's okay to hope. We are encouraged to hope. Christ is our hope, which I also know can seem hollow when you're in a dark place or in a bad place, but we are to encourage one another. And I love the idea of writing to your future spouse in that way, like journaling and just keeping it active and keeping the dialogue going with Jesus or God about the future somebody. And I think that's going to be really cool for her to read one day. I had a dream once that actually changed my perspective on things. What's the dream? (laughs) It was crazy. It was like almost like Inception. Like I woke up and I felt like different, like I had a new Mm -hmm. perspective. Um, I had a dream that I was, it was just some abstract kind of girl, like I didn't know, like I had this dream about this girl, and I was walking, like I was hiking, like a pill or something like that, and then suddenly we were like in a car together, and then it transitioned to like three months later or something, like I was like basically in this relationship with this girl, like it didn't quite feel right, but I was just in a relationship to be in a relationship kind of a thing, and then I remember... My, I was like at some place with her or something, some apartment or whatever. And then like my friends showed up and stuff and they're like, dude, where were you? Or something like, you're supposed to be there. Like it was like something like we had like a screening or something like a film where or we had something we we're all supposed to do together. But instead of going with them, like I was just in this like relationship with this girl, like I wasn't on the journey with them, mm-hmm. but I was just with this girl, just to, like have something and I just remember, like, I felt, like, a sadness and stuff. Like, oh, I missed out on the time I should have, like, had with my friends because mm-hmm. I was just in this kind of, like, relationship that wasn't good. I remember kind of waking up and kind of feeling like the meaning of it was, you know, like, enjoy the journey you're on with your friends and the people in your life, you know. Like, it does suck, you know, like, being single at times. But, I mean, that's just where God has you. So, like, I just felt like I need to be grateful for where I'm at, you know, with my friends and the journey I'm on versus just kind of being in something to be in something. Being single should be celebrated. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's tough, it's tough, but, um, there's, there's pros and cons to both sides. That's why I'm actually writing a feature about it right now. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point of our podcast. Right. Single again. Single again. Alone forever. The movie. AKA the life and times of Mary Ashley Burton. (laughs) Well, 
on that note, I really yes. am going to close. I'm just going to go ahead and, and close it up for us, Mary Ashley, if you're cool with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been episode 16 of Fishers of Men, a podcast about relationships and your walk with Jesus. Today you heard from our friends Maggie Hart and Luke Cheeseman. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcasts at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook under Fishers of Men and on Twitter as at LA Gone Fishing. Please rate us and make comments on iTunes so they know we're cool. Uh, if you have anything you want to say to us, whether comments or real-life dating moments or stories, we'd love to hear about your experience. I'm Laura Samara. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Maggie Hart. And I'm Luke Cheeseman. Until next time, keep swimming. Keep swimming.